Blog Talk Radio. This is the Body of Christ Church, inviting you to our virtual living room, where we discuss today's issues and how those issues relate to the Holy Scriptures. So sit back, relax, and engage in conversation with us. Good afternoon, and the Most High in the name of Christ bless you. I am Yosiah, and welcome to our virtual living room where we examine recent events and other topics as they pertain to the Holy Scriptures. We give all praises to the Most High in Christ, and we give thanks for God's generous mercy, grace, and forgiveness. At this point, I'd like to uh, mention to everyone that our chat room is open and available for your comments or questions. Um, This week's topic is titled, Isn't Easter a New Kind of Passover? And, um, you know, just about everybody has um, uh, heard of Easter, whether you observe Easter or not. Uh, Some people, um, this may be the only time of the year that they will actually attend church. So for many people, it's a really, really big observance. It's uh, one of those events that you just don't want to miss out on in the course of the year. And pretty much worldwide, uh, it is a religious, uh, people are aware that it's a religious observance, whether they actually observe it or not. But then at the same time of year, you also have this uh, holy day called Passover. And uh, for most Christians, um, unless you are really devoutly studying, you probably don't know much about Passover. And maybe in your mind you might think, well, you know, isn't Easter um, just a different kind of Passover, uh, Passover reform. So that's going to be our discussion today. And joining me here in the virtual living room, we have first off our brother Kazakia. Hey, shalom to the brothers on the panel. Shalom to our listeners. First and foremost, giving all praises to the Heavenly Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. And I'm definitely thankful for the opportunity to talk about uh, uh, the Passover, the, tra- the Passover scriptures, truly uh, a very festive high holy day with, with much, much, much significance. And uh, if it's the Lord's will, the edification and the, and the meaning behind this high holy day that you can find in the Bible will be brought out today. Okay. And thank you for that, bro. And uh, next off, uh, also join us in the virtual living room, we have our brother Yohanathan. Yohanathan, if you would go ahead and speak up, brother. Okay, I believe Yohanathan is having some technical difficulties. Um, so, Kazaki is just you and I for right now in the virtual living room, and we can go ahead and start discussing this right now. Um, now, I, I know that um, you've uh, done a lot of study in the scriptures, and uh, there may be some people that would consider you to be an expert on uh, biblical instructions. Um, you know, apparently... Obviously, uh, Easter is a religious observance, uh, and it has to deal with the resurrection of Christ. Um, Did it come as a result of Christ reforming the Holy Day Passover? No. First and foremost, uh, Christ, the only only thing that was actually reformed, if I could use that particular word in context, is the way, in Christ's example, is the way we, how we serve the Heavenly Father, because when Christ came to the earth, 
He taught us the true way of following the commandments. He taught us the true way of serving the Lord. And believe it or not, when you read in the scriptures and uh, Leviticus, the 23rd chapter, is where you will find the majority of the high holy days that we are responsible for keeping. Um, in Leviticus, the 23rd chapter, it speaks of the Passover. Also, Exodus, the 12th chapter, speaks of the Passover. So the only, quote, unquote, reformation that Christ has performed for us is how we go about serving the Lord and how we go about following his commandments. Uh, specifically, uh, when you get into the scriptures and you read about uh, the sacrifices, all of the sacrifices that were once performed as part of the Levitical priesthood have now been reconciled through him, which basically means we are no longer responsible for animal sacrifices, blood sacrifices, things of that nature that the Lord required of us in the past. But that does not mean that we are no longer uh, responsible for keeping the high holy days because we are very very well responsible and accountable, held accountable for still keeping the high holy days of the Heavenly Father uh, in the Bible. Now we have that perfect example in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and how we keep even the high holy days and the fact that he is symbolic. All the different sacrifices and things that took place on the high holy days of the Lord, Passover included, was symbolic of what Christ was going to do. So if there was any quote-unquote type of reformation, uh, it was basically now we do these things through the example and instruction of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Okay. All right. Thank you for that, bro. Um, we have uh, also uh, uh, back with us in the virtual living room, Yawanathan. Yawanathan? Okay. Also, uh, just walked into the virtual room. Me? We have our brother Hello? Abijah. Hey, by the name of Christ, blessed. I think uh, Yuanathan just popped up. Okay. Yuanathan, you, you with us? Yes. Can you hear me? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, good afternoon. Well, glad to be here once again. I guess we have a technical difficulties on this end, but nevertheless, continuing on with the show. Just, um, yeah, I think uh, block, block Talk has made uh, a lot of uh, changes. A lot of them are really nice, uh, you know, uh, new look to a lot of the screens and so forth. Uh, but apparently there are some other things that are going on, too, because I think, uh, Abaja, did you have any difficulty getting in? Uh, no, I was actually able to get right in. Okay. All right, well, well good, good. So um, I, I just, um, Kazaki had just responded to a question I asked him about, uh, Easter just being uh, a, a reformed reform version of Passover, and he, he just you know, basically uh, expounded on that, and the answer is no, that it's not a reformed version of Passover. So you want to is since it's not a reformed version of Passover, uh, does that mean that this is a completely new holy day that Christ instituted with his resurrection? No. No, it's not a, huh? something that... No, it's not. It's not something from the Lord our Savior, Jesus Christ, uh, the Son of Man, but it is something of man, man-made, man's philosophy, man's own own viewing of what he thinks is right. And you have to oh, okay, so it was like one of the apostles that, that instituted it then? No. Um, one of the prophets? No, not even one of the prophets. Some, someone uh, else in the Bible besides an apostle and a prophet? No. Say that again. Someone else in the Bible besides a prophet or or, or an apostle? 
Well, reading the scriptures, the, the scriptures shall explain what, how this came to be. When you go to Colossians um, chapter um, two and eight, if I can get there. Two and yeah, two and eight says, "Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ." And that's what's going on. This whole um, day of, of Easter and the eggs, all of that stuff, I know we're going to get it on the show. It's the philosophy and deceit of men, the tradition of men, and the rudiments of this world of men and what they think, and it's not after the Christ of this Bible. For in him all, for in Him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all, which is the head of all principality and power. So the Christ of this Bible is the head of all, the principality of all. The Christ never instituted Easter, never told his apostles, the disciples, the twelve elder, or the other disciples that's in the scriptures. None of them established or followed Easter. So this stuff is of the world, you know. May, may I read the scripture as well, please? Absolutely. This is Romans, the 10th chapter, starting at verse 1. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. So the point of the matter is, our people have a zeal, they have an enthusiasm, they have a wanting to serve the Lord and worship the Lord, but not according to the knowledge of the Bible, not according to the example of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, whom the Lord himself told us to follow. Verse 3, for they, meaning our people, being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. So the point is in verse 3, for they, meaning our people, being ignorant of God's righteousness, God's righteousness is all throughout the Bible. God's righteousness is Jesus Christ. So now, our people being ignorant of the teachings, the true teachings and the true example of Jesus Christ and going about to establish their own righteousness, our people have gone about to establish their own righteousness, their own way of serving the Lord, their own way of following Jesus Christ instead of what the Lord says and how the Lord said to do it, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. We, have not, we as a people have not submitted ourselves to the Bible. We as a people have not submitted ourselves to the teachings and example of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And Easter is just an one example of this of the of this of the fulfillment of the scripture. Because look at the look at the point in verse three again. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, our people have gone to great lengths to establish their own righteousness. Easter is one of them. Christmas is another. Thanksgiving is another. New Year's is another. And everything that our people practice or consider holy that's not according to thus saith the Lord in the Bible is also an example of our people going about to establish their own righteousness. So Easter, the Easter bunny, sunrise service, Easter speeches, Easter egg hunts, Dying of eggs, etc. So on the list goes on and on. Our cross buns that has nothing to do with the Bible, that has nothing to do with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that has nothing to do with us receiving the kingdom of heaven, with us receiving salvation. That's just our people going about establishing their own righteousness instead of submitting themselves. 
to the righteousness of God in the Bible. Okay. Well, thank you for that, brother. I want to remind everyone that's listening in that if you would like to uh, call in to listen to the show, you can do so by dialing 646-716-7749. And that way you can just listen to the show. Once you do that, if you actually want to come in and talk with us here in the virtual living room, simply press 1 on your telephone after you uh, dial that number. Um, so if there's anyone that's done so at this point and they would like to uh, actually come in and speak with us in the virtual living room, please uh, press 1 on your telephone. Um, well, brothers, you know, you, you've talked about Easter and you brought some scriptures uh, about Easter, but then those scriptures did not mention Easter one time, but, you know, it talked about, uh, you know, to paraphrase and to just boil things down, that people are following the traditions of men. They, you know, there's some men that dream these things up, and, and, and that's that's how why they're doing this. But, you know, someone could point to a couple of other holy day observances, um, um, a Purim, for example, or uh, the Feast of the Dedication of the Temple, and just like Passover, I know a lot of people are probably not going to be aware of these, but these are ones that uh, were observed in the scriptures. Um, and these are ones that did not come by express commandment from God through Leviticus 23rd chapter. So, uh, but you had holy men that decided that we're going to observe these things. So why is it that you can't have people deciding, since this is they are observing the resurrection of Christ, which is, you know, his death was the most important thing that ever happened to anybody. So why is it that uh, people can't decide to observe Easter like that, and what's the problem? Why is that a problem? Why is that tradition of men and, and, and Purim and, and um, uh, Feast of Dedication of Temple is not tradition of men? Well, first and foremost, when you look in the Bible, you look at, say, for instance, Purim, or the Feast of Dedication of Men, oh, excuse me, Feast of Dedication of the Altar, I apologize for that. Um, those things, God had something directly to deal with, with those events which led up to the establishing of those high holy days. When you look at Easter, for example, you find nowhere where the Lord had anything to do with the establishing of that. Now, a lot of people like to take the, the, the resurrection of Christ and tie that in with, a pay, with, with the pagan holiday now known as Easter, but when you look and do your research, which uh, the challenge is being set forth to all our people, do your research. Look up Easter. Find out its origins. When you really get into the uh, uh, do your research and find out its origins, you'll see it has nothing, nothing to do with Christ in the least. But more importantly, Seek out the book of the Lord and read. When you seek out the book of the Lord and read, like it tells you in Isaiah the 34th chapter, verse 16, you will see that of all the high holy days that the Lord sanctioned, the majority of them in Leviticus the 23rd chapter, you will not find Easter. And since we're talking about Easter, this is what I have pulled up from a website known as religioustolerance.org. The name Easter originated with the names of ancient goddesses and gods, <clears throat> the, the venerable bee. A Christian scholar first asserted his book in uh, the Ratione Temporum that Easter was named after Estre, a.k.a. Estre. 
She was the great mother goddess of the Saxon people in northern in northern Europe. Now, I'm going further read. I'm, I would like to read further on, where uh, in this essay he states, or it is stated, excuse me, similar goddesses were known by other names in ancient cultures around the Mediterranean and were celebrated in the springtime. Some were Aphrodite from ancient Cyprus, Ashtoreth from ancient Israel, Ashtarte from ancient Greece, Demeter from Mycenae, Hathor from ancient Egypt. Ishtar from Assyria, Kali from India, Ostara, a Norse goddess of fertility. Now, when you go back into the Bible and read Exodus, the 20th chapter, the Lord tells you plainly, specifically, thou shalt have no other gods before me. So the fact that you're celebrating, well, not you, but the fact that this holiday is being celebrated by many of our people, by people, period, and you have these types of ties to the different gods slash goddesses that this holiday, at least in name, comes from, that is straight idolatry. And when our people participate in that, in however form or fashion that they choose to participate in, they are committing idolatry, they are breaking the commandments of the Heavenly Father, and if they, have, if they want to see repentance and receive salvation, they have to repent from the celebration of Easter because Easter has nothing to do with Christ. It has nothing to do uh, with the resurrection of Christ. It has nothing to do with the Bible. It is all idolatry, which is another form for Satan worship. And if I could add on, Josiah? Mm -hmm. Okay, I want to go to Acts, the 12th chapter. Because here in Acts, the 12th chapter, Easter is mentioned. So let's, we're going to read Acts, the 12th chapter, verses 1 through verse Five, okay. Now here is what happened. It starts off by saying this: Acts twelve and one. Now, now about that time, Herod, the king, stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. So Herod, the Roman king of that certain area that was governor of that area, he decided to what vex the church of Christ. And when we say the church of Christ, when Christ told Peter, call him Cephas. And told him, this rock I build my church, Peter, James, John, the rest of the apostles, Mary, and the rest of them, and other sisters that was in the church. He decided to go, why would you go against the church of Christ? We're going to read on anyway. Verse 2. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. So now why would he kill someone that was following of Christ? And the only thing Christ told his disciples to do was to what? Go out in many verses, go out and teach repentance in all nations to the children of Israel that are scattered in all nations for our rebellion. That's why I came to die, for the children of Israel's sin. We're going to read on. Verse 3, and because he saw it pleased the Jews, so now his sticking out and destroying the church satisfied some of our forefathers, Jews, Israelites, that what? Rejected the Son of the Heavenly Father. He rejected his teachings because he exposed them for their wickedness, they was pleased to see Christ the followers being killed and, and destroyed. So they're showing you what type of heart they had, but we're going to read on. It says, and because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter. Also, then were the days of unleavened bread. So the scriptures tell you in the end of verse 3, this time period was during unleavened bread, which is the Passover week. Okay, you have to pass overnight in the Feast of Unleavened Bread, seven days. Now, verse 4, and when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to, our, to four quartet 
quaternion of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. So now, after Easter, they was going to bring him out. So it's showing you that during that time, which the time that we're in, the Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, it's the same time the world had their setting up of what the brother was explaining. And what's he called it, brother? Asterisk and all those other names? Of, of yeah, spring those God, different spring, gods. Yeah, exactly. Right, spring gods, the spring fertilities. This man was going to wait till all of that was over, all those festivals and all that stuff was over, to deal with Peter. Okay, but then when you read on, the Heavenly Father brought him out of that at that time. Okay, but nonetheless, it's to show you, this ain't, and, and, and it's in the scriptures, Easter is in there, but some people look at that one verse, oh, it's Easter in there, so I'm a follower. Because he's a following men and not actually reading what the scriptures is showing you. It's showing you that what it ain't that the apostles and them wasn't following it. It just said that the, the king, after he observed that, was going to what? Deal with Peter. That was his intention. Okay, so that's the only time in the scriptures you see it. But many of times in the scriptures, Christ is telling you, I'm the Lamb of the Lord, the Passover. I'm the Passover. In Leviticus the 23rd, the Lord gave it to our forefathers. And it came and it was all fulfilled in Christ that he is our Passover, as the scriptures have said. But I know we're going to talk about that further down the line. All right, well, thanks for uh, bringing that clarification out, John. Uh, Abijah, you know, uh, Zach has uh, brought out a lot of information surrounding Easter and how um, it originated with these various uh, gods and goddesses a long time ago. Now, you know, that was a long time ago. That predated Christ. Isn't it possible for uh, someone to say, well, listen, you know, what we really want to do is we want to give some recognition to Christ. That's what we're going to do. And on his resurrection, because that was very important to us. And what we're going to do is we're going to actually clean up this holiday called Easter that everybody's celebrating, and we're not going to deal with Easter anymore. We're just going to deal with the resurrection of Christ. You know, what would be wrong with that? Well, first of all, you can't mix and mingle the the paganistic traditions of the other nations with what's written in the scriptures. And are, they, are, they, are they mingling in paganistic traditions in Easter? Because it's all well, about Christ, right? is, Well, that's the whole thing. When you it was brought out, when you look at the whole thing about Easter, it had nothing at all to do with Jesus Christ. It had to do with the gods of the other nations and how they observed and worshipped them. So the Bible tells you clearly that that which is crooked cannot be made straight. Okay, as a matter of fact, I want to read 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter. And being that we're dealing with basically idolatry. Okay. And this is uh, 1 Corinthians, chapter 10, and verse 19. Actually, I'm going I'm to start at 10 and 20. It says, But I say, the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils and not to God. And I would not that ye should have fellowship with devils. So it's going to show you that. We can't partake of the devil's table and partake of the table of God, meaning you can't mix and mingle the two. They can't take, okay, well, you know what? We're following Easter, but we want to recognize Jesus Christ. No, the spirit, the, the uh, Bible tells you how to recognize Jesus Christ. We follow his example in the keeping of the commandments. Verse 20, uh, 21, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and of the table of devils. 
So that whole notion of, well, we want to give, you know, Jesus Christ recognition and we just want to observe his resurrection and incorporate it, that's madness. You can't do that according to as it is written. Right. May I read also a scripture, please? Okay. May I read a scripture, please, on your side? Because you asked the question, yeah, absolutely. Why, why, why can't we celebrate Christ? Or why can't we celebrate celebrate Christ, right? That was basically your question. Right. The answer to that question is you can celebrate Christ according to how it is already established and outlined in the scriptures. Now, the brother was in 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, so what I would like to do is stay in the book of 1 Corinthians, but now go over to 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, and I would like to read verse uh, uh, 23 to verse 26. It says, For I have received of the Lord that which I deliver, that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take Eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. So the point of the matter is, for persons who want to celebrate Christ, according to 1 Corinthians 11, chapter, verses 23 to 26, this is how you celebrate Christ, by partaking of the Passover, because Christ never celebrated Easter. Christ kept the commandments. He was perfect. So he kept all the commandments, high holy days included. And the last high holy day that Christ kept before he was crucified was the Passover. So, here again, verse 24, and when he had given thanks, he break it and said, take, eat, this is my body, the bread that they were partaking of, Christ and the, and the uh, disciples were partaking of, that, that bread, that Passover bread was symbolic of the broken body of Christ. Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. So as often as brothers and sisters get together and they break bread, whether it be at the Passover or they just get together and break bread and, and, and they sup together, they do so in the remembrance of Christ. But especially at the Passover, because that was the last high holy day that Christ kept and celebrated before he was taken up, crucified, and put to death. Verse 25. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, that cup of wine. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. So for our people that want to celebrate Christ, celebrate Christ according to what is according to how it is outlined in the scriptures. And you have and and, and when you read the scriptures, here again I have to repeat myself. You will find Easter nowhere in the scriptures as something that the Lord sanctioned for us to celebrate. You will find Easter nowhere in the scriptures where it's something that Christ partook of. Easter is idolatry. By the way, allow me please, plus please bear with me a little bit further. This is allaboutjesuschrist.org, another website. Like the origin of Easter, the origin of the Easter bunny has its roots that go back to pre-Christian Anglo-Saxon history. The, ho 
element was originally a pagan celebration that worshipped the, the goddess Estre. She was the goddess of fertility and springtime, and her, earth, her earthly symbol was the rabbit. Thus, the pre-Christian Anglo-Saxons worshipped the rabbit, believing it to be Estre's earthly incarnation. So here it is. Easter is just, just overloaded, inundated even, with idolatry and paganistic practices that have nothing to do with the Bible, that has nothing to do with the Holy Scriptures. And for those of our people who are truly serious and serving the Lord and trying to follow the example of Christ, they have to repent and stop celebrating not only Easter, Christmas, Thanksgiving, Halloween, all those other holidays as well, and come back and uh, repent and serve the Lord in spirit and in truth as it is outlined in the Scriptures. I would thank you so much for that, brother. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead, John. Uh, and then take it to the words of Christ. And man, we, we, if we're, because you posed the question on the brother of, you know, what if you do some of this and and then, and I believe you said like kind of have a combination, mix some and then don't do some. Well, let's let's see how the the God the Son of the Most High Christ, what when his doctrine, what he said. Let's see what he said in Matthew the twelfth chapter in verse thirty three. He said, either make the tree good. Tree is, is um, symbolizing a man, and his fruit—that's the thing that come up of up of a tree. So the works you do is your fruit. Christ said, either make the tree good and the fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by his fruit. Either you repent and follow me, or you just be wicked and don't follow. Christ—he's not about lukewarmness. He's about either doing what the Lord says, either yea or nay. It ain't no in-between, well, I kind of like this and that. I'm going to do this, even though this, okay. It's one thing you've been following this, and then you find out, look, this ain't got nothing to do with Christ. Well, you know what? I'm stopped doing this, man. All right? That's one thing. That's a good tree bringing forth good um, fruit. But example of a corrupt tree bringing forth corrupt fruit, yeah, I know that it's um, not got anything to do with Christ, but I'm going to continue in, and I still love Christ. Christ said, you, you corrupt, and the works that you're doing from that point on is corrupt because you refuse to repent. Matthew 6, 24, it says, no man can serve two masters. Again, these are the words of Christ, the one that we ought to be followed. Christ says, no man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other. So what's the two masters? The two masters is the heavenly father or Satan. All right, so either you're going to love the Most High or you're going to hate the Most High, or then you're going to love Satan or you're going to hate Satan, either one or the other with both of them. And it says, no man can serve two masters. Either he will, let's see what it says. It says, no man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and men. So the, the philosophies of this world, Christ called that man because it ain't of the Heavenly Father. And if anything is of man and not of the Heavenly Father, guess where it's got its root in Satan? So you can't serve the Heavenly Father and Satan at the same time. you got to make a choice. And as brothers here on this panel here, we say, look, follow the words of the Heavenly Father Christ, repent, and that this Easter garbage man, this philosophy of men, don't have anything to do with the Heavenly Father. Now what you going to do? Are we going to talk about it all day to the listeners, or are we going to apply that to our lives? And Christ and the Heavenly Father is watching. And as he was watching us do it. That was it. Okay. 
Thank you so much for that, John. We are the Brothers of the Body of Christ Church in our virtual living room, and uh, I invite you to to stay with us as we uh, continue our discussion on uh, Easter and Passover. Hi, this is Samad from the Body of Christ Church in St. Louis. I would like to invite you to our show in the STL. The shows air every Wednesday at 6 p.m. It is an hour show on Charter Communications, channel 980 and 981. So take some time out to get the good word. And may the Most High Christ bless you. Praise to the Most High and the Son Christ. Uh, for those that live in the NYC in Manhattan, we have a show that airs every Friday at 3.30 on Time Warner Cable, Channel 57. If you would like to contact us or learn more about the Body of Christ Church, you may do so by calling, emailing, or by visiting our website. Our telephone number is one 877 871-1712. Our email address is bodyofchrist at ureach.com. Ureach is the letter U, followed by the word reach. So that's bodyofchrist at ureach.com. Our website, thebocc.com, contains our telephone number and email address, as well as audio and video biblical lessons and other information geared our edification in repentance and good works. Again, our website address is the DOCC.com, so please feel free to connect with us today. Okay, we are the brothers in the virtual living room at the Body of Christ Church, and I want to invite everyone who's listening in right now, if they have any comments or questions, to do so. Uh, visit us in the virtual living room by dialing 646-716-7749. And after you dial that number, you'll be able to listen to the show. If you want to actually uh, visit with us and actually converse with us in the virtual living room, please press 1 on your telephone. Uh, brothers, you, you're bringing up some really uh, uh, pointed positions surrounding uh, Easter and Passover in um, you know, you're making it seem as though you know there's no no way at all that anyone should ever uh, observe Easter, and you know you, you're making it seem like the scriptures is bringing this out. Uh, but let me ask you though, um, somebody had bought up the whole thing about the Easter Bunny. So if 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 a person says, well, listen, you know, uh, I still want to honor Christ, I'm just not going to do the Easter Bunny thing. That's what I'll do. I, I'm not going to do that because I recognize. That's paganistic. It goes back to some ancient European practices that predate Christ. I'm going to disband that. I'm not going to do that anymore. But I am still going to honor Christ because I want to make sure that I give honor to Christ, give honor to the resurrection. So I'm going to simply observe Easter and honor Christ's resurrection and not put any of these paganistic practices uh, associated with it. Would they be correct in doing that? No. Oh, let me read. Let me let me read Ecclesiastes chapter one verse fifteen. It says, "That which is crooked cannot be made straight, and that which is wanting cannot be numbered." 
So it just goes back to reiterate the point. It's, I mean, we're not going to get caught up in a name, but the whole fact of the matter is, is that if we're going to honor the Heavenly Father in Christ, if we're going to honor the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, then we have to do it as it is written. We can't, you know, well, I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to put my own little twist on it. Or, I'm, you know what, I'm going to leave the Easter egg out and, you know, the little bunny rabbit and everything, but, you know, we're still going to do the Easter Sunday thing. No, you, the scriptures clearly state that you cannot do that. It showed us, and the Mosai gave us the ordinances on how to keep the Passover. And Lord willing, later on in this show, he really goes on to show us, you know, how, what the real significance of the death and resurrection of Christ was and how it relates to us repenting and following his example. But the answer to that question is no. Okay. So, and no because of the scripture you just read uh, in Ecclesiastes. For, for one, for one scripture. Well, it's the whole Bible. Go ahead, John. Okay. If I, I'm sorry, but I, this is on my tongue with that question. The, the whole thing you're saying. I was just, just trying to, I'm, so I'm just going to say no, bro, because when you go to 1 Corinthians, the 8th chapter, in verse verse 2, the scriptures gives gives you that guideline. When Paul was writing this to the brothers and sisters that that repented there, and that was beginning to follow Christ, Israelites that was scattered about, that wanted to repent, just like this show is going to the children of Israel, who all that want to repent and follow the Christ of this Bible. In, in 1 Corinthians 8 and 2 it says, And if any man think he knoweth anything, well, well, I'm a, I, okay, I'm going to stop doing this, but, you know, I'm still going to do Easter. I'm not going to do the eggs, but I'm going to do Easter. That's, that's, this is for you. If any man think that he knoweth anything, he knoweth nothing, yet as he ought to know. Okay, so the thing is, you don't know what you ought to know, but you should what have the faith. You should begin to get the faith of Christ and just do what He says. That it, it's simple as that. We following Christ, you don't have to be a uh, 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 nuclear physicist. You don't have to be a, a, a electrical engineer. You don't have to be a doctor. You can just be you, a regular person like the Lord gave everyone of mine. So now. And then the Heavenly Father came and gave us his son Christ to give us that example to walk in. If Christ says go right, we go right. If Christ says go left, we go left. If Christ says don't do this, don't do X, Y, Z, we don't do X, Y, and Z. So Christ says keep the commandments of the Heavenly Father. I don't see nowhere in the, the commandments of the Lord. The Lord says to observe Easter. So the thing is you got to make it up in your mind to put the pride of your mind and your head down because you don't know anything. Because if you did, the Lord would have sent you instead of Christ. So you got to put all of that, what you think you know, down and begin to deal with the knowledge of Christ and deal with what the Lord says. And then nowhere in the scriptures you will find the Lord says to keep Easter, even though this world does it. The Christ, the Heavenly Father gave us high holy days, but Easter ain't one of them. Matter of fact, it's Jordan, the high holy days of the Lord. Easter is going on during the Lord's Feast of Unleavened Bread, and some, depending on the year, it might even be on the day of Passover. So the thing is, put down what you think you might know because you don't know anything and put on the knowledge of Christ. Okay. Uh, Kazakia, um, if you have a person that listened to this and said, okay, all right, you brothers have convinced me. I shouldn't have anything to do with Easter I should not, not the not the practices, not recognizing the day of Easter, any of that. I shouldn't have anything to do with any of that stuff. 
But I still want to give some recognition to Christ because Christ has done so much for me. He gave his life so that I might be saved. What would you recommend that they do in order to appropriately give recognition to Christ? To to appropriately give recognition to Christ, the only thing that a man or woman has to do is simply repent. And the repentance, true repentance is, One person, a man or woman saying, okay, I'm going to make up in my mind to follow the commandments of the Lord. I'm going to make up in my mind to study the Bible. I'm going to make up in my mind to study Christ and apply my mind to what Christ taught and apply my mind towards his example. And then afterwards, then that application becomes manifest in that person's actions. So that's true repentance. When a person makes up within their mind, I'm going to stop being a drug dealer. I'm going to stop stealing. I'm going to stop lying. I'm going to stop committing idolatry. I'm going to stop committing fornication. I'm going to stop murdering, so forth and so on. In other words, that person makes up within his or her mind that they're going to stop breaking the commandments of the Lord, and they're going to come back and follow the example of the Son of God Almighty, who is Jesus Christ. And they, and they uh, uh, apply their mind and their actions and make sure that their thoughts and their actions are in line with what Christ taught us. That's true repentance, and that's how you honor Christ. And since we're talking about honoring Christ, here he is again. First Corinthians, the fifth chapter, because the true, the true high holy days, first and foremost, that we're supposed to be keeping is uh, Passover, one of them. And the rest of the high holy days outlined in the Bible, the majority of them being in Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. Point number one. Point number two. And in 1 Corinthians 5th chapter, starting at verse 6, excuse me, starting at verse 7, it says, Purge out therefore the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. So the scriptures are telling us that we're supposed to purge out the old leaven. Now, when you get into the history of how the Passover was kept before the knowledge and understanding of Jesus Christ, one of the ordinances was that, brothers and brothers, please help me out with this one, we had to take all the leaven out of our houses, the beer, the bread, everything out of our houses, and had to go for the feast of the Passover, feast of unleavened bread. For seven days, there wasn't supposed to be any leaven found in our houses, found within our coasts. That was one of the ordinances of the Passover before Christ came and showed us how we are truly supposed to follow that. But now in First Corinthians chapter five and verse seven and verse eight, let's read what it says. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. So basically, all that leaven that we were getting out of our houses before the understanding of Christ came to us was symbolic of the leaven that we're supposed to be taking out of ourselves. In other words, if we had that leaven of hatred in our, in, in our hearts, we're supposed to take that out. If we had that leaven of wanting to be a fornicator, we were supposed to take that out. If we had that leaven of wanting to uh, fall behind other nations and follow in their practices and the worship of their gods instead of following the Lord God of this Bible, we're supposed to take that out. If we had the leaven of following our bodies with drugs and cigarettes and tattoos, so forth and so on, we were supposed to take that out. So the leaven that was supposed to have been taken out of our coasts before Christ 
uh, before he came to us and showed us how to serve the Lord was symbolic of what we were supposed to be doing with ourselves. So when we keep this Passover, I'll read it again. Purge out therefore the old leaven that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Let us continue to keep the feast of the Passover, not with old leaven, not with how it was supposed to, not with the way it was done in the Old Testament before Christ, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, neither, neither with the leaven of I'm keeping this Passover, but I'm still wicked. I'm keeping this Passover, but I'm still a murderer. I'm keeping this Passover, but I'm still a liar. I'm keeping this Passover, but I'm still an idolater. No. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. We take on that unleavened bread of sincerity and truth when we repent, when we acknowledge our sins, and we leave off from breaking the commandments of the Lord, and we come back and we follow Christ. And in doing that, we show honor to Christ, not only to his death, but also to his resurrection. All right, uh, bro, you know, it's one thing about everything that you said. Um, it's probably great for somebody that has been dealing in the scriptures and reading the scriptures and so forth. But, uh, you know, we recognize that many of the people that want to deal, that deal with Easter, if they are listening to this program and they decide, well, you know, based on what these brothers are bringing out, I probably need to leave that alone, they might, you know, listen to you, what you just said, and say, um... I'm confused. What's Passover and what's leaven? I don't understand. So how do you respond to somebody like that so that they can gain an understanding from what the, the things you just brought out? Okay. Psalm 19 and 9. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. So in Psalms 119 and 9, the question is asked, how is a young man or a young woman to clean up their act in the eyesight of the Lord? by taking heed thereto according to thy word. So in other words, we're supposed to take heed to the commandments. We're supposed to take heed to the scriptures. Part of that taking heed is that we actually get in and read the scriptures and we see what it is that the Lord outlined for us. Now, as far as the Passover is concerned, you find a lot of history about the Passover, believe it or not, in Exodus the 12th chapter. That's where the Lord instituted the Passover. That's where you will find the ordinances of the lamb, how it was supposed to be kept, as far as the leaven. Leaven is basically an agent that make uh, a, a leavening agent or is a, is a is agent agent. Excuse me, it's an agent that causes your bread to rise. That's what leaven is. So now, as part of the ordinances of the Passover before Jesus let's, Christ, can, can, can we just be a little bit clearer about that? What that agent might be, and this, let's just go ahead and put it out there. That it could be like yeast or baking soda. Thank baking you. powder. Thank right. you very much. Okay. You've already put it out there. Yeast or baking soda or baking powder. Back then, during, during those time periods, that's what was used to uh, to make your bread rise when you cook it. But okay. because of the fact when you read the scriptures, the Lord said, do not bake your bread with leaven. He said, don't do that. You will eat the bread. You will eat unleavened bread. Because of the fact that that night, that Passover night, when the death angel came and literally passed over our people that were dwelling in Goshen, 
uh, a section of Egypt at that time, whoever did not have that lamb's blood on that on, on their doorposts was put to death by that, by that death angel, literally, specifically the firstborn. So all of that rich history that you can read about in Exodus, the 12th chapter, that all was part of those events that led up to the Passover and how we kept it in the past before Christ came and he taught us the true understanding of how to follow the Lord. Now, the other subject of it is this. All the sacrifices, all the high holy days that one person can read about in Leviticus, the 23rd chapter, is symbolic of Christ and what he was going to do with himself and be that perfect sacrifice for us so that now there is no need for us to continue animal sacrifices, bloods of bulls, bloods of cows, he, uh, he goats, she goats, things of that nature. That with Christ and that last and final sacrifice to the Lord, which was himself, there is no need to go back and sacrifice animals because Christ is that perfect sacrifice. Christ is that lamb of the Passover. Christ is that atonement. So all the sacrifices that were once done in the past as part of the Levitical priesthood have now been reconciled in Christ. We no longer have to perform those sacrifices. That does not mean that we no longer have to keep the high holy days. It only means that now we are in this day and time, in these days and times, we are not responsible for performing those animal sacrifices because Christ made himself okay. that sacrifice for, us, for, uh, for all the nation of Israel okay. under the new covenant that we now have. Yeah, go ahead. Um, it's the question that you imposed. It kind of got me a little aware when you said based on what um, we say or, or, in other words, what the brothers say. you got to keep in mind that if you're on that level on believing what a man says, then, you know, you need you really, really need to evaluate and, and, and read and see what the scriptures say. When you go to First Peter 4 and 11, it says, if any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. Oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God given, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So it's not about what we say, per se. If you want to um, take it, we're not saying take what we say for face value. We, we're coming, if, if you notice on this show, when you pose a question, we go to a scripture. Why? Because it's not what we say but it's what the oracles say, and we're speaking what the oracles speak because the scriptures say, speak the oracles. So now if you're on that level you, you, um, of just believing what someone says, then you're going to be, you're going to continually not understand. But if you're on the level, okay, these men on this panel is coming out of the scriptures and, and you, you want to get more understanding, edification, we have websites, com. We have other shows, you know, different blog talk shows. We have different websites, YouTube pages, classes, and, and and all of that for you to continue on not hearing what we say, but check out what the scriptures say, search through those, and analyze and guide your life pattern according to what the scriptures say. Um, Matthews, excuse me, St. John 5 and 39. Again, we're going to go into the words of Christ because this is the one we ought to follow. What he says, that's what we do. Simple as, as that. Um, St. John 5, 39. He says, search the scriptures. So when Christ says search, the, I'm going to read the whole verse. It says, search the scriptures, 
For in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. So when Christ says search the scriptures, you, you see, we know that there's a Bible, so now you don't have to put an APB out on scriptures. So when Christ, so for our understanding, when he says search the scriptures, that means to read, study, analyze. Read what it says. Make notes of what it says in this verse, this chapter, this verse, and get understanding in, in another part of the verse because it's all in the understanding of Christ. Okay, so search the scriptures. Read what it says. And Christ says, for in them you think you have eternal life. So the salvation, eternal life, the kingdom to come, the words of Christ is the scriptures. And then he says on, and they are they which testify of me. So those are the things that testify me and show what Christ is about. They are the ones that state what Christ's word was, and that's true. The scriptures is true. And my the brothers was bringing it up. I mean, we can't go all the way in the show here about we can go through all the aspects, the unleavened, this, the, the that. We're giving you the what the key understanding of what these things are. But if you want more in depth, you, you're welcome to our websites and other shows at your leisure because they're there. We're here at service of Christ to serve what? The children of Israel that's scattered abroad. Whoever wants to hear the words of Christ, again, whoever wants to hear the words of Christ, then follow the words of Christ of the Bible and follow his doctrine. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for that, John. Uh, Abaja, um, you know, we started off the program by stating that, um, you know, we were taking a look at this whole notion that Easter is simply a um, the latest version, a uh, reformed version of Passover. And you brothers have gone through the scriptures, and you've shown how that you can't have anything at all to do with Easter in any form or fashion. Okay. That being the case, that leaves uh, Passover. And you, you've also uh, touched on uh, different uh, things about Passover um, here, here and there. Can I get you to, uh, you know, for sake of time, you know, not go through a reading, uh, you know, all of Exodus, you know, um, 1 through 12, but to kind of give a synopsis of, of how this whole Passover thing came about and, and what, it, what it meant way back when. Well, when you read the Exodus of the children of Israel from the, the bondage in the land of Egypt, and specifically the book of Exodus, it tells you, you know, gives you the whole story of the plagues and everything leading up to the Heavenly Father, you know, guiding us out of that land. And okay. Uh, no, go ahead. Somebody was going to say something? No, I was just saying, you, you hit on it right there. You know, there was the whole bondage there. And how, how long have they been in bondage in in, in, in Egypt? Um, well, the prophecy came to Abraham in the book of Genesis, and he said that his, his seed would be a stranger in a strange land for 430 years. And you, when you read the book of Exodus all the way up to the very day when Israel was let loose from Pharaoh's grasp, and that's a hard bondage, it was 430 years to that self-same day. And um, I was actually trying to find it exactly through the, um, in, the, uh, in Exodus. But I want to read uh, it, Exodus 12. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. But I want to read I, I Exodus. I get it. Go ahead, bro. I get it. Okay, cool. So I want to read Exodus, the 12th chapter. And I just want to kind of go straight to the point here. Because it says, because um, we dealt with some of the ordinances, you know, as far as, you know, what the Passover is, and it tells you why you keep it and some of the things as far as how in the past we ate unleavened bread for for seven days. And uh, as a matter of fact, let me read it right here. Um, 
Well, let me ask you to do something for uh, the, the listeners. You know, these these people who uh, are, have been doing the Easter thing, they, they feel like, well, I can't do the Easter thing anymore. Let me find out about this Passover. They're going to go back and read the whole thing themselves, okay? But just right. for the sake of continuity right now, can you, can you just add this little bit more detail of that time from uh, when uh, the children of Israel were in bondage all the way up until Exodus 12th chapter? Just, just a slight bit more detail on that part. Well, I'm not sure what you're asking. You mean as far as, like, the plagues or what was happening during like, that time period? Like, like Moses being called and then going to Pharaoh's, uh, you know, and that stuff. And then the plagues and all that, leading up to the actual night of Passover and them leaving. Well, basically, in a nutshell, when you read that whole book, all of those plagues that came upon Egypt was the Heavenly Father showing his power and letting Israel know who the real power is or who their God is and how they're supposed to follow him. And, you know, you had the plagues of the lice, you had the plagues of the, fro- the frogs, you had the locusts, you had the, um, the Nile being turned to blood, um, all the way leading up to the firstborn of everything in that land that was uh, put to death. And I'm going to go specifically to 12 verse 12. Yeah, Exodus chapter 12, verse 12, it says, For I will pass through the land of of Egypt this night, and will smite all the firstborn of the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. Because when you read up above earlier, that sacrificial lamb that they, that they, uh, the lamb that they sacrificed for Passover, they were supposed to take that blood, and mark the upper lintel and the doorposts of their front doors so when that death angel would come through the land, it would know not to, you know, harm anyone that the firstborn in that house. So this is uh, 12 and 13. He says, And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Now the important thing is in 14. He says, And this day shall be unto you for a memorial, and ye shall keep it a feast to the Lord, not to Easter, <laughs> to the Lord throughout your generations. Ye shall keep it a feast by ordinance forever. So when we see, and the point was brought out earlier, you see a lot of the things in the, house, in the high holy days that the Lord instituted and had given us all the way from coming out of Exodus all the way up until the time period of Christ. All of those high holy days had a, had a specific significance. What we're dealing with specifically is Passover, but all of those high holy days and, and were basically just a foreshadowing of Jesus Christ in some way, shape, or form. Because um, let me know if I, if I need to go into more detail because I didn't want this. Uh, it's a lot of information. But um, did I kind of answer your question as far as just some of the details of things leading up to the Passover? Or absolutely. Okay, sure did. Good. Okay. Yeah, and you know, and just going back to you know that the, some of one of the ordinances, looking back into how, uh, let me see if I can get it real quick. And about the unleavened bread. Okay, here it is, verse fifteen. It says, "In seven days shall you eat unleavened bread. Even the first day you shall put away leaven out of your houses. For whosoever eateth leavened bread from the first day until the seventh day, that soul shall be cut off from Israel." So. The reason why they had to eat unleavened bread is, one, it was an ordinance. Two, the bread didn't have time to rise because that Passover meal, which was that night, basically we got put out that uh, got uh, basically put out of Egypt that same night, so the bread didn't have time. The bread wouldn't have had time to rise anyway. 
So, and you read through the scriptures, it'll tell you that. But the the primary point is when you look at how that leaven is symbolic now, one day that we're under the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and no longer under the Levitical priesthood, you see, I think Zach had read the scripture earlier, I think it was in 1 Corinthians, um, about how Christ was our Passover that was sacrificed for us and to purge out that old leaven and to keep the feast with the leaven of sincerity and truth. I'm, I'm hacking the scripture. But the point is, is that you see how all of these things that pertain to the high holy days, all of those things that pertain to the Levitical priesthood, all of those things that pertain to the animal sacrifices, all of those things were foreshadowing and pointing to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who came and was the embodiment of those things and showed us how to keep the commandments. Um, I got a couple of scriptures I actually wanted to read and add on to that. Actually, it's 1 Corinthians 5 and 7 that uh, Doc had read earlier where it says, Purge out therefore the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump as ye are unleavened. Yeah. Let me ask you, would it be okay to table that and, and, and go to a break real quick and come back and, uh, and go over that? Yes. Okay. All right. So uh, what we're discussing is uh, isn't Easter just uh, a, a newer version or a kind of Passover. And we have the brothers, brothers in the virtual living room of the Body of Christ Church, and we will be back to continue our discussion in just a moment. The brothers from the Body of Christ Church in Buffalo, New York, would like to invite you to our sex class held every Friday evening from 7.30 p.m. until 9.30 p.m. The location is 282 Winslow Avenue in Buffalo, New York. Once again, 7.30 to until 9.30 p.m., location 282 Winslow Avenue in Buffalo, New York. So if you're in the Buffalo area, you're always welcome. Remember, Christ said in John 14 and 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Thank you. If you've enjoyed today's program and you live in the Atlanta area, we invite you to view our public access television program. For Fulton County, please tune in to Body of Christ on People TV, Channel 24, every Sunday at 1.30 p.m. Or for DeKalb County on Comcast Channel 25 every Monday at 2 p.m. And now back to today's show. If you would like to contact The Body of Christ Church invites you to listen to all our programs on Blog Talk Radio. These programs are meant to edify the listener regarding repentance and good works that come to the Holy Scriptures. The weekly program schedule is Sunday at 2 p.m., Tuesday at 8 p.m., Wednesday at 7 p.m., Friday at 7 p.m., and Saturday at 9 a.m., all Eastern Standard Time. Our Spanish broadcast is at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time each Saturday at blogtalkradio.com slash ICDC. Please accept our invitation to call in to our show at 646-716-7749. Your comments or questions are eagerly encouraged, whether they agree or disagree with the viewpoints expressed by those involved in the program. Again, call in now. Please dial 646-716-7749.
welcome back to the program. We are the brothers in the virtual living room of the Body of Christ Church. And the subject matter today is uh, Easter being uh, a kind of Passover, a newer version, a reformed version of Passover. And the brothers have uh, refuted that earlier in the program and have bought out through the scriptures how it is that no one should be involved in any type of Easter practice in any way, shape, form, or fashion. And, Abadja, just before we went to that uh, break, you were about to bring out some things in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, I believe. Right. I was uh, going to 1 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, just to bring out the point, showing you what that the same way that we were supposed to purge out the leavened bread from all of our households and no leaven was supposed to be found in all throughout all of our coasts during that time period, mm-hmm. this is showing you that, that was that's symbolic of the the sin and the wickedness that we have in ourselves. And also when you look at that time period as well, because uh when Jesus Christ first you know, when he walked the earth and was teaching his gospel, you had those of our people who kept trying to bring back the the whole Levitical priesthood and sacrifices and things of that nature. So they they were basically trying to return us back to what they call what people get confused, they say the law. When they talk about, you know, the law is not going to save you and things like that, or you shall not be justified for the deeds of the law, you have to read those things within a context. And it's showing you that it's pertaining to, when you read the whole Bible, it's showing you that it's pertaining to those things of Levitical priesthood and not the commandments of the Heavenly Father with regards to his high holy days and moral conduct and things of that nature. But I want to read First Corinthians 5 and 7, where it says, Purge out therefore the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened, for even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. So the same way that that lamb in the past when we were in Egypt, the blood of that lamb kept our uh, firstborn children from being put to death and our household sub- subsequently from being uh, going through turmoil and, and, and uh, sorrow, the blood of Jesus Christ has done that for all of those that want to confess his name and repent through him. And the same way that that lamb, because there's a lot of information when you go through the history about the condition of that animal that they had, uh, you know, that we had to uh, with eat or sacrifice for the Passover or the meal, rather, and how it could not have any broken bones, it could not have any blemishes, it had to be perfect, and so forth and so on. And you read through all of the prophecies concerning Jesus Christ, and he was that Passover lamb for the nation of Israel for our sins. But the important part now that Christ has come into the world, it shows you just taking it into, you know, into that newness of mind in verse uh, chapter 5, verse 8 in 1 Corinthians. It says, therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, meaning not with that old understanding, not with the leaven of sincerity, and it tells you what it is, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. So it's showing you that when Christ came, he gave us an example of how to keep the Heavenly Father's commandments, not only out of constraint, because that was the Old Testament. We did it out of constraint. That's why I said in sincerity and truth, because now we do what we're supposed to, okay, and I stress the word supposed to, now we're supposed to do these things out of a willing heart and according to as it is written and not adding in our own little thing. But um, there was actually another scripture I wanted to go to as well in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, just to kind of edify that a little bit further. This is Romans 12 and 1. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. So someone might ask, what do you mean present our bodies as a sacrifice, and what, what do you mean our reasonable service? 
Well, the thing is, is that being that the Heavenly Father sent Jesus Christ down here to take on the punishment that we were supposed to have, that we were supposed to suffer, now we belong to Jesus Christ. And the sacrifices that we're making now is repenting and forsaking our sins and our lives, meaning that our lives are no longer our own to do with what we please. We are now the property of the Lord and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And the only way that we can pay him back is, first of all, we can't pay him back. But by us repenting through him, that's why we said, that's why the scripture says, presenting our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, that is our reasonable service. So it's showing you that there's no way that we can pay our Lord back for what he did for us, but what would be a reasonable compensation for that is what is for us to repent through him. And even when you look at the sacrifices of the Heavenly Father, because a lot of people like to just jump into the New Testament without reading the Old. And you really will not understand the New Testament without reading the Old. When you look at a lot of all of the sacrifices that the Heavenly Father gave, the different offerings, the burnt offerings, the meat offerings, the Sabbath day sacrifice, the sacrifice for our holy days, the sin offerings and things of that nature, you couldn't just bring anything for those sacrifices. And in the same manner, by our bodies being that sacrifice to the Heavenly Father, we can't come any way we want to. We have to enter in through that straight gate. So how do we do that? There's an example in 12 and 2. It says, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. That word means changed. Okay. How do we change? Let's read on. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So in a nutshell, it's just showing you like the, like Ioannis uh, and it brought out earlier, we, when we come to Christ, all of that knowledge that we had in the world, all of those things that we learned, we have to put that to the side, and we have to learn what the Scripture says and applies that, and apply that. Because prior to Christ, we're all conformed to the world, whether we want to believe it or not. We're not transformed. So, and it's also going to show you that that whole come-as-you-are doctrine and things of that nature, the Scripture says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Renew, that means to make new again. That means to start over from scratch, not bringing your dirt with you into the house. That's madness. But that's the proof, meaning by us changing, that's the proof. The example that we set forth, that's the proof of what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, mind you, that's not like we take a magic pill and it's just better the next day. It's always a work in progress, but we're moving on towards that perfection in Jesus Christ. But that change has to take place in our mind where it can be manifested in our works. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. Okay, this is for edification's sake, clarity, understanding. Uh, when we, in Genesis, the fifteenth uh, chapter, twelve and in verses twelve and thirteen, this is what the Lord told Abraham, our father, long ago. And He said this in Genesis fifteen and twelve. He said, "And when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and lo, and horror, and horror of great darkness fell upon him." This is speaking of Abraham, though it says. Abram, why? Because the Lord changed his name from Abram to Abraham because he was a father of many nations. But the covenant went to who? The children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, which whom we are. So now, verse 14, it says this. Uh, verse, uh, I read verse 12, now I'm going to read verse 13. And he said unto Abram, Know of a, sur- of a surety that, that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall be, and they shall afflict them four hundred years. So the Lord was telling Abram, 
Abram, Abraham, that his seed, and who was the seed? Who got the covenant? Isaac, and it passed over from Isaac to Jacob to his 12th son, who became a nation. They was going to be afflicted by a nation for 400 years. Now, when you get to Exodus chapter 12, and you read verse 40, Exodus 12 and 40 says, now, and it reads, now the sore journey of the children of Israel who dwelt in Egypt was 430 years. So the thing is, they went into the land from the time they went into Egypt, okay, was 430 years. But the Lord said that we will be afflicted for 400 years. Because you got to remember Joseph, whom his brother um, took and sold into captivity, was what? He, during his time, he what? He made Egypt the greatest nation on this earth at that time by what? Telling them to save the seed and the corn and have all nations come and buy. And then when they can't buy, make them sell their lands. And when they can't don't sell their lands, make them be served in the service of Egypt. So everybody knew of the fame of of um, of, um, of um, Joseph. Just just for edification's sake, Exodus one, and I'm going to chapter one and verse eight through ten. Now there arose, Exodus 8 and 1, now there arose up a new king over Egypt which knew not Joseph. So how you don't know Joseph who everyone knew he was, the, the Pharaoh didn't know what he had and, and, and next to him was Joseph. So Joseph was what? Everybody answered to Joseph, same Pharaoh at his time. So how does this man don't know Joseph? So he's disrespecting, don't give an honor to Joseph. And we're going to read on it and the scriptures are going to say why, verse 9. And he said unto his people, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come on, let us deal uh, wisely with them, let, lest they multiply. And it comes to pass that when there falleth out any war, they join also unto our enemies and fight against us. So get them up, uh, so get them up out of the land. So it was a plot. It was a plot to destroy the children of Israel. Now, and then getting to the the plagues, the heavenly Father. This is just for understanding's sake. Didn't just well, I'm going to make them now turn the blood because I, I like that and that's fun. And then the frogs and then took away the sun for those days. And um, what else? Killed the firstborn. All of that was because those were the gods of the Egyptians. The Nile River, the, flo- the frogs. They worship the sun. So the Lord was showing them. Listen, your God is vanity. I am the God, the creator of this earth. And then when he finally destroyed their firstborn, just because, because what? They would not let the children of Israel go. The Lord said, okay, well, I'm going to slew all your firstborn because Israel is my firstborn. Let them go that they may serve me. So the thing is, coming and serving the Lord, but you find out we didn't throughout the scriptures as rebellious as the children of Israel is, and that's why we're speaking of Christ because that's what it was all about. From the beginning as well, like the brother said, and, and, and people might think, well, well, the Egyptians was was uh, how he could do that to them. Listen, the scripture says we was in that land over 430 years. The Egyptians was living richly, fatly, and extremely wickedly. They were doing all odious works, killing the children of Israel, serving gods, all type of manner of wickedness. So the Lord was just and right for what He did. Okay. All right, Jim, you want to thank you, thank you for that, because uh, um, you know, somebody um, listen to this program now, um, and they changed their mind and listened to everything the brothers is bringing out, and decides, well, you know, I'm going to go back and uh, read Exodus 12 chapter. They read Exodus 12 chapter, and then they have an opportunity to have a conversation with you, and the conversation could go something like, okay, 
Okay, Brother Kazaki, I read Exodus 12 chapter, so I understand how to do Passover now. What I'm supposed to do is I'm supposed to kill a lamb on the 14th day, and we're supposed to uh, keep it whole. can't break any bones or anything. We're supposed to roast it with fire. can't be boiled or anything like that. And then we got to take the blood, and we got to put it on the, the lintel uh, of the door and the side post of the door, and we got to sit down, and we got to have a staff in the hand, and our shoes on our feet, and we got to eat it in a hurry. Right, Kazakia? With unleavened <laughs> bread. We got to do it with unleavened bread. Right, Brother Kazakia? Do I have it right now? Because I'm not doing Easter anymore. Do I have it right, Brother Kazakia? Tell me I got it right. Brother, you've got the history right. You've got the ordinances right. However, you're doing it not according to Christ. You're doing it according to Moses. The Lord told oh. us in Matthew 17, 5, that hear ye him. Now, so I would like, in other words, reading, him right? being Christ. There's no so basically, Moses and Christ, is there? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Matthew, there's a disagreement Matthew, between Moses and Christ? No, no, not another. No, definitely a disagreement. However, Christ, when I said, oh, yeah, I meant referring to Christ has the preeminence over Moses. But better oh. that I read the scripture. Brothers, help me out. Had you believed Moses, you would have believed me. I think that's John 5 and 39, right? No, uh, I apologize. There is no there is there is no disagreement between Christ and Moses. Because even yeah, Moses like prophesied of Christ. That's John five forty eight, forty six. Okay, John thank you 5, very much. 46. Okay, here it is. In the book of John, chapter five of uh tell me again, Jonathan. There there it is. Thank you, Arthur. John chapter 5, verse 46. For had ye believed Moses, ye would have believed me, for he wrote of me. But if ye believe not his writings, how shall ye believe my words? Now, as far as Moses and Christ are concerned, let's get the words of Moses. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 18 and verse 18. It says, <clears throat> I will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren, like unto thee, and will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak unto them all that I shall command him. The prophet that was raised up like Moses that spoke the words of the Lord that we were supposed to listen to was Jesus Christ. To prove that, let's go to the book of Acts. Bear with me, brothers. The book of Acts, chapter 3. And I believe it's verse 22, where it says, For Moses truly said unto the fathers, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren like unto me. Him shall ye hear in all things whatsoever he shall say unto you. And it shall come to pass that every soul, it shall come to pass, excuse me, that every soul which will not hear that prophet shall be destroyed from among the people. Now, who was this prophet? Where is the proof? Acts chapter 3, verse, starting at verse 19. It says, Repent ye therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord, and he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you, whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution of all things, which God hath spoken by the mouth of his holy prophets since the world began. For Moses truly said unto the fathers, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren like unto me. 
Him shall ye hear in all things whatsoever he shall say unto you. And it shall come to pass that every soul which will not hear that prophet shall be destroyed from among the people. So now the overall point is Moses prophesied of Christ. Moses spoke of Christ. We read that in Deuteronomy, the 18th chapter and 18th verse. And we went to Acts, starting at chapter 3, verse 19 to 22, verses 22 and 23, to prove that it was Christ whom Moses spoke of. So now, in, in, in reference to the Passover, I have to read this. This is Galatians, the fifth chapter. <clears throat> Behold, I, Paul, I sorry, Galatians chapter 5, uh, starting at verse 1, but the point is in verse 2. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you, that if ye be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. So Paul, in the spirit of Jesus Christ, because Paul wasn't speaking his own program, he wasn't speaking his own opinion. Everything that he spoke was by the spirit of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And look what Paul said. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you, that if ye be circumcised, in other words, if you go about keeping the commandments according to how the Lord stated through Moses instead of how the Lord stated through Jesus Christ, Christ shall profit you nothing. Meaning the teachings and the death, the sacrifice of Christ is of no advantage to us if we're still seeking to keep the laws through Moses, according to Moses. Even the Passover, with your staff in your hand, with the blood on the lintels or the tacos of the door, with your sandals on your feet. Yes, we are supposed to keep the Passover, but we're supposed to keep the Passover in Christ, not in Moses. Now, to prove that, once again, we have to go back and read what was already read for the edification. First Corinthians, the fifth chapter, and starting at verse uh, 7. Bear with me, please. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, excuse me, yep, verse 7. Purge out therefore the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are a leaven. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. That Passover lamb that we were supposed to keep up to the 14th day and kill it and spread, the, and spread it, hit that lamb's blood over the doorposts when we were in Egypt, that lamb was symbolic of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and what he was going to do with his life and his blood, that his blood shed for us, protected us from sin, just as, excuse me, protect us from the wages of sin, which is death, just as that lamb's blood in the past before Christ protected us from that death angel that passed over the cities where we were in at that time. So now the overall point is, I'll read it again. Excuse me, I'll read verse 8 now. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Let us keep the Passover, all right? Not with old leaven. Not with that old leaven of Moses. Not with that old leaven of the staff in your hand. Not with that old leaven of, spray, uh, of sprinkling the blood over the door, over the doorpost. Not with that old leaven of having your shoes on your feet ready to go. That's that old leaven. That's that being circumcised again. We keep it according to Christ, and the scriptures go on to explain that. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, 
but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. So, yes, we are still responsible for keeping the high holy days of the Lord, Passover included, what we're talking about today, but not according to how it was ordained in in the Old Testament time, Exodus 12 chapter. We're responsible for keeping it according to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because he is that true lamb. He is that true lamb that sacrificed himself for us. Matter of fact, that's John, the first chapter, and verse uh, 45. Excuse me, verse 29. John, chapter 1, verse 29. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. So here in the scriptures again, in John 1 and 29, Christ excuse me, is being referred to as that Lamb. Because he was going to be that sacrificial lamb for the nation of Israel through the shedding of his blood that our sin was taken away so that we could have an opportunity to repent and come back and serve the Lord in that sincerity and that truth that it talks about in 1 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, and verse 8. And then, and then also, Josiah, I just uh-huh. just brought out that how Christ was that sacrifice that took away the sins that we did, okay, are done. And then also his words is there to show us that we have no more sin. See, a lot of people get that mixed up, okay, because, yeah, we sin, yeah, he died, but guess what? He died for you to continue to be, or if you were a thief, to continue on stealing and what? Covering what your brother has, eyeing what your brother has, and taking everything he has, for yourself, and then you turn around. Well, I love the Lord. No, you don't, because if you did, you would apply His words, and His words would stop you from being a, a wicked, demonic thief. Or if you was a whoremonger, the same thing. So His death is for our sins past. But guess what? Christ says that what well, we have to live a new life. The carnal man's dead. We are a new creature in Christ. So that's now as being a new creature, say if you were a murderer. Now you got to apply the words of Christ. We all have to apply the words of Christ now so we won't go back to that same filth that Christ took on that death for us. Because as the nation of Israel, the Lord was going to destroy us off the face of this earth for our sins. But now we got that word to make us perfect like Christ. All right. Well, thank you for that, brother. About do you have any parting comments? Uh, yes, I just have uh, two scriptures, Hebrews chapter 9 and verse, verses 13 and 14. It says, For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctified to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? So just the whole theme of the show is that in the past, it was all about the animal sacrifices and it was all about the ceremony. But now that we're under Jesus Christ, we still keep those feast days, but we keep it through his spirit by purging our conscience from the dead works of sins and the breaking of the Lord's commandments. Okay. All right, Rose, well, I, I certainly appreciate everything you've done here uh, in the virtual living room today. You definitely uh, really uh, brought out a lot of scriptures and it's found it on very, very well. Hopefully the listeners have been edified by it, and those who will listen in the future will be edified. So thanks for that. Thanks to everyone that is in the chat room and those that are listening in right now. But most of all, all thanks and gratitude goes out to the Most High God in the name of his Son, Christ.
until next time, I'll say shalom. Brothers and sisters, thank you for visiting with us in the virtual living room of the Body of Christ Church. You can visit our website at thebocc.com or you can email us at bodyofchrist at youreach.com or call us at 877-871-1712. Until our next visit, the Most High in the name of Christ bless you. Shalom. Thank you.